This is the Dirt Reporters podcast for the week of October 4th. It's officially spooky season as we're in pumpkin month. Halloween's coming around the corner. The Dirt Track World Championship's coming around the corner. I'm your host, D. Swab, Derek Kessinger, joined by the editorial staff of Kevin Kovac, Kyle McFadden, and don't worry, folks, R-E-L-A-X. Robert Holman will be with us shortly. He's uh, restarting his computer, so we'll get him back dialed in. He'll be here with us eventually. Kovac, Ricky Thornton Jr. dominates, but Heartbreak Hotel for Brandon Overton at the Pittsburgher one or the Pittsburgher, not the 100 anymore, just the Pittsburgher. Uh, def- uh, holding off Devin Moran, holding off Tim McCready to get that final spot. He entered Saturday only 15 points ahead. Then all of a sudden, it looked like his car shut down. He said it was something with power steering afterwards. And unfortunate for him, he's not in the final four. Fortunately for Devin Moran, who came out swinging here in the last couple months to claw his way back. He makes it to the Final Four. He'll be going to Eldora for the Dirt Track World Championship, going for that big series championship. But, oh, you talked to Brandon Overton. He had some good quotes afterwards, just just some crazy circumstances for Big Sexy. Yeah, it's it, – it's, he was – the one thing he did much, he goes, you know, I, I'm not I'm – not, I don't really want to – it was kind of like par, par for the course for his season. It hasn't been a good season. He hasn't won a full field race, right, since uh, – uh, since the Talladega, uh, you know, outlaw race back in April, I think he won a, you know, a semi feature since then at Port Royal, but, uh, this has not been a typical, de- uh, Brandon Overton season. He did obviously go on the Luke soul series this year because of this top four situated, the big four deal. That was his only, that was his main reason for doing it because you could see the more money involved. And, and then of course the, the dirt track world championship being at his racetrack that, that he's really good at Eldora Speedway. Uh, he saw the opportunity there, just like Jonathan Davenport did just get through this year, get in that top four and we'll have a chance. And it looked like he was going to have a chance. Uh, he, he did everything you needed to do. He qualified. Well, he didn't get that extra 10 points for, you know, a, a fast time in his group. He probably would have liked that, but he didn't get that, but he still was right up front, won a heat race, started up front in the feature, settled right in there, got the second for a while, ran, was running third when he, um, when he just broke. I mean, you know, it, it, he just had a problem. He said something came up and probably hit like the fan blade and the, uh, the power steering line. And, um, it, it, he had to pull in. I mean, he said he couldn't, he wasn't going to be able to stay where he was uh, without the power steering. So he, uh, you know, he came in to see what was happening. He thought it was blowing up and he, he just didn't make it. But I, I, I know he was disappointed. He was, you know, you, you hate to not have, he didn't, he hated not having that chance now to, to go for the title, but he also, you know, Overton's a, you know, he's a pretty rational guy and he realizes that, um, he would have, it, it would, he, he would have, it would have been, it would have been good fortune for him to be in there. He would have had it. And if, if he would have won the championship, he ends up pulling it out at, at Eldora. Um, I think he's a guy that would have felt like, man, it was like that guy got a flat tire. You know, Ricky Thornton was the, was obviously the dominant force this year. And if he doesn't win it, it would feel a little weird for, for Brandon to win it. Obviously he would have loved to get that 200,000. But now he's just running for he's running for fifth place at Eldora now seventy five thousand dollars for fifth uh, in the points he's tied with uh, Tim McCready and the whoever I mean it's another little subplot there I guess you know whoever finishes higher in that will get the get the spot seventy five grand 
Yeah, just crazy scenarios. I know I mentioned on Castro Late Model Night in America with Devin. Head into that weekend, he had 14 straight top 10s. Obviously, he continued that trend uh, this past weekend at Raceway 7 in Pittsburgh. But, Kovac, you can kind of say that he won by 30 points, and him getting that win at the Show Me 100 after that DQ kind of helped him out a little bit to get that extra 20 points for the points fund. I know he ended up winning by 30, but that extra 20 there that uh, it was just so close in a season that was had so many dramatics, Kyle McFadden, that other than the money, the reason they went to the Final Four was you wanted to have some late season dramatics, and we got that that final weekend with T-Mac. He was right there, Overton and uh, Devin Moran. So for a positive side of it, you can look at it that way. Like It really got people talking about that event Saturday night. Absolutely. I mean, I think I don't know how many extra people tuned in because of that situation in that scenario. Um, but of all the races that we had to to choose from, uh, that I had to choose from, you know, I couldn't take my eyes off of what was going on at the Pittsburgher. Now, in terms of Devin Moran, like, honestly, you uh, bring up the Show Me 100 weekend. And I totally forgot that, you know, that deciding factor, um, you know, when he was deemed the winner, RTJ disqualified, that that was actually the difference. And and then you take that a step further and not trying to bring up past things that happened on the racetrack. But, you know, since we're already talking about that race, I mean, Devin Moran had a little run in with Brandon Overton that night, too, um, which which cost Overton some points. And so, um, so yeah, I mean, that night, um, as I'm thinking back to it, and and also, it's just not one race, too. I mean, that one race obviously sticks out, but obviously, um, you know, over the course of the season, I think Devin Moran was, was pretty steady, and, and he's gotten better uh, in that Roger Sellers car. Um, Whereas, as Kevin has noted, you know, Brandon Overton, not what we've expected this year, but um, he, I think he knows what he needs to do to uh, regroup this offseason and uh, come back with a different game plan for next year. But, yeah, no, I mean, as, as far as the Pittsburgher goes, I couldn't take my eyes off of it and uh, had a pretty thrilling finish, too, there with Art, RTJ and Jonathan Davenport trading sliders down the down the stretch. Yeah, Robert Holman, the race was phenomenal. He had the slide jobs that he was mentioning with JD and Ricky Thornton Jr. This is why we got this. So we could have this crazy finale at the Pittsburgh before we got to Eldora. Even if you didn't like it like like or hate or if you like it or hate it that they're doing the points this way you had to be intrigued right too as well like watching that saturday night with those two those three guys duking it out then of course you had a great finish as well that ricky thorne jr continues his dominance here the last couple weeks you know it's not it's not that i i hate uh cutting it down to a final four you know getting into this last race it's just that i i, I disagree kind of with uh the fact that one of these final three has a chance to win a championship after Ricky has just dominated the season. Uh, so as far as uh, compelling 
late season drama uh, for sure. It's done its job. Uh, I think it was exciting getting to see, you know, one of these three uh, drivers just, just these three guys were going at it tooth and nail to try to make sure that they have a chance uh, to get into the final four and understandably so because one of them now has a chance to perform uh, in the dirt track world championship and perhaps win a title. You know, I think that, you know, my opinion is, is with the majority of the people that Ricky has, has owned the season. He's deserved a title, but, uh, but you know, with the, the getting into that final four was, was huge. And so I, you had to feel bad for, uh, you know, for, for Brandon Overton, but like you said, and like you guys have kind of discussed, he knows it wasn't his type of season that, that maybe he knows that he didn't even deserve to be in it, in there. It, it is what it is kind of is, is a, a Brandon Overton saying it is what it is. And with, you know, maybe a little more colorful language when we talk about Brandon Overton, but, uh, but for sure, it's good for Devin uh, and it's good for the fans to have something to keep their eye on when things do kind of get out of hand at the front, like, like RTJ has, has made it. Uh, so, so yeah, I don't disagree with cutting it to four to giving those four drivers uh, maybe a huge bonus or a, a huge, uh, maybe an extra incentive to work hard in that last race, next, say the last five races of the season to try to get where they, they want to be. But, uh, but my disagreement, of course, and we've all talked about as well, it's just the way that, that a title could slip out of Ricky's, you know, Ricky's hands here after he has owned the season. Derek, we got Derek. you on mute. You know, hey, it's been a couple of weeks where I didn't get it muted. But I was going to say, Devin Moran rem reminds me of like a team in the NCAA tournament that gets like that buzzer beater, solidifies himself in the field. And uh, obviously he's been good. He's been pretty good with those other three guys that are in it as well. Like I said, with 16 straight top tens, he has a chance to win $200,000 at a place where that family name is very popular. Uh, Kovac, you're going to mention something about like the Show Me 100 weekend. We kind of talked about it with Kyle McFadden, but what do you got for us? Oh yeah, I kind of look back. You know, Kyle did cover that race this year, and uh, and he mentioned about like the uh, Overton and Moran having. I, I I forgot about that while uh, you know after the race at um at Pittsburgh. Yeah, I covered Pittsburgh on Saturday night, and you know talked obviously to Overton and Moran and all them, and and that really did that did decide it. I mean, Overton was running second with three laps to go at um at at the show me. And, had that, you know, kind of got a little scrape together there with, uh, with Moran. I don't know if they actually touched or something. I'm not sure. He kind of got shoved maybe high. He got, you know, he ran out of room. He ended up hitting the wall pretty good. Um, and Overton ends up 17th. Instead of finishing second or even third or something, he finished 17th in that race. And, and it was much more than now. So that, that difference in points was much more than just Moran, you know, going from second to first with Thornton's disqual, you know, uh, penalty the, that he received for the droop rule deal. Uh, so that really did you, but there's a lot of, obviously there's always a lot of things that you look back on over the season and being like, wow, that really determined it. But 
that was, it's crazy how that those two drivers were involved there and, and really did determine it. And, and it really changed the course almost of, uh, of, of Overton season. I mean, up to that point, he was really, he had won the 50 grand race, the outlaw race at Talladega just a month before that he's running second in the show me. He felt good. He said at that point, he hits the wall there, really bent the car up. And then two weeks later, he goes to uh, Eldora and has that horrible weekend. Didn't even make the dream because he hit the wall twice and hurt his neck that kept him, you know, pretty much in pain the whole summer. So man, you just that 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 was like where things really went. Uh, you know, that's a that's a critical point in this season. Like if Devin Moran goes and wins this, you know, is the top finisher in a dirt track world championship, wins a title, man, you think you you, you like go back to the show, Mandy. That was the. That was a turning point in this season, that's for sure. So, Kyle McFadden, does Devin Marine have a big-time shot to win this championship? We'll talk more in a couple of weeks, but just really quick with some thoughts after the initial Final Four is set. Yeah, I think he has a shot. I think he's improved at Eldora over the last few years. And in terms of having pressure and expectations, I mean, this is Ricky Thornton Jr.'s championship to lose. And I wouldn't say this is Devin Moran's championship to win, but he doesn't have a whole lot to lose. And so from a psychological standpoint, um, I would imagine that he can just go out and, and attack attack the racetrack any which way he can, knowing that, yeah, I mean, he, he won't have anything to really lose. And so I think from that standpoint, um, he certainly has a shot. And, uh, you know, he's always been one of those happy-go-lucky racers, right? And, and so um, is he the favorite? Absolutely not. I mean, he's, the, he's of RTJ and Hudson and Jonathan Davenport. You know, you're going to put him fourth of those four drivers. But, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if all those four drivers are in the top five and down to the wire, you know, in a f- few weeks here. So, as long as he's there inside that top five in the closing laps, anything can happen, you know. So absolutely has a shot. What's up, Robert? Well, I, I think one thing I, I guess that another thing I guess that I don't like about this kind of format, and it's not just what Lucas has done this year, but like NASCAR and everything like that. But where where this is not like a stick and ball sport, where this is not like basketball, you know, in basketball the gym's the same. Remember in Hoosiers, they went and measured the gym. They went and measured the goal. The gymnasium is the same, but where, what other sport do you have where the guy that comes in ranked of the four kind of ranked third, which I guess would be Davenport when he could really be the favorite in this deal because of how well he's ran and how well he's performed at, at Eldora. You know, that's, it's not, it's not normal. It's not – you don't get that in basketball. You know, when a Kentucky and Duke are playing and then all of a sudden a, an NC State comes in, you know, and they're ranked higher than they're, – they're favored over those two. It's just – it's not a normal scenario, and that's uh, and that's another situation, you know, that, that I don't really – that I don't really like about this, that, that never should the, the guy that's third be ranked or favored above, but because of where this race is, you know, JD is could really be favored above those two, Kevin. Yeah, that's a that's a super great point. I mean, that's kind of something I thought about, like 
you know, with, with, with stick and ball sports, you know, they, you have, uh, the team, the, the, the fields are the same, you know, I mean, baseball, you could say it's a little different. There's, there's little variations here, obviously baseball fields aren't the same exact shape, you know, like, uh, the outfields and stuff, but, but effectively they are. And, and then if, if you're the best team all year and uh, going into these playoffs and other sports, I mean, you get the home field advantage. Uh, yeah, that, that's, that's part of it. So maybe Ricky Thornton, you know, like if you, he doesn't have the home field advantage going into this last race, even, um, even with the Super Bowl, it's not the home field, but it's the same field for both of them. You know, I mean, it's, it's maybe a team is a little more used to playing on grass or, or turf or whatever, but it, it doesn't seem the same thing as like going into a race, uh, a, a one, you know, a winner take all thing here. Uh, with this top four and they're going Eldora and, and Jonathan Davenport, obviously, you know, he could have, he's going to have the advantage overall looking at it because of his, uh, his uh, expertise there, or his history there. And um, the other guys have run well, but they don't have that Ricky Thornton. Maybe he should be able to, maybe they should just have a top four and, and the champion and then the leader, gets to pick the track for the last race, you know, <laughs> like what Ricky Thornton, where's Ricky Thornton's best track? What would they track? Should have asked him that. What would your track be if you got to pick where you wanted to go race your last race since you're the, you're the points leader. But, uh, but that, that could, that'd be funny, but it is a very good point. Robert has there where it, it's, it's so this, that's why racing is so much. There's going to be spots right. where this driver is really has that advantage, well, not just 100%. And you have also, it's not just those four guys racing. There's so many other guys racing. You know, you have any other sport. It's just those two teams playing each other. Uh, even if one's like, uh, you know, NFL teams 15 and two going into the playoffs and the other one is eight and eight. It's still just two teams play and you don't have to worry about anybody else getting into you or anything. That's that's why racing, I feel, is so much different. And when, since NASCAR went to this chase thing, it's uh, um, playoffs well, and, you know, leads to this, you know. Well, obviously, Devin during late model line America was the other route of it. He's like, well, the best team last year was the Philadelphia Eagles, but the Kansas city chiefs won the championship. Yeah, that's true. But also Devin can say that because he's fourth in the points. So like he gets in, like he's has no chance of winning. So yeah, I also say like, you know, yeah, you didn't have the Eagles and, 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 um, and chiefs didn't play during the season. Did they, I don't know if they played during the season. And and if they, um, no, they didn't, you know, and you don't play every team. Every every one of those Lucas – Devin Moran has raced Ricky Thornton Jr. for 50 times this year in Lucas Oil Series, and, um, and, and Ricky Thornton Jr. has been better than everybody, all those guys. They, he's come out head-to-head on top of everyone. So it's, it's not quite the same as like, well, you know, just one in any given Sunday thing uh, like in another sport. Yeah, regardless, though, this past weekend uh, at the Pittsburgh was dramatics. Heartbreak Hotel for Overton. Buzzer beating shot by Devin Moran. And then T-Mac, he gave it all to as well to try getting that Final Four. So we have the Final Four. It's set for the Dirt Track World Championship October 21st weekend. Should be a good one. Should be a dandy. It'll be very interesting to see what four guys come out on top for the championship. So, what... Yesterday afternoon, or we'll start back last week, the announcement came out that uh, Boom Briggs is going to go to a one-car team. We kind of mentioned that a little bit. Max Blair and him parted separate ways. 
yesterday, Spencer Hughes was P, P with PCC. Well, is it PCC? Mm-hmm. Okay, PCC Motorsports. Just want to make sure, or you know, separated and parted ways, uh, saying kind of like, hey, it costs a lot to run this team. We're you know we're just nothing against Spencer. We're just gonna you know after this season, we're gonna call it quits. So, of course, it had people on social media, Facebook, Twitter, going crazy saying, well, they got to figure out something. This sport's, you know, costing too much. You know, the economy, yada, yada, yada. Kovac, is this going to be a common theme going into the next offseason that we're going to see all these teams just shut down because the economy is so bad? Or hopefully, is this one just kind of like an outlier? Because I think more it's, you can look at it, it's performance-based. Nothing against Spencer Hughes, great kid, going to be a young, young up and comer. I hope in this sport can definitely wheel. But he, in seventy nine starts, he only had nine top fives. Like that just isn't going to cut it. Uh, so, what's your just overall th- initial thoughts? Is this going to be a thing where people are freaking out that all these teams are going to shut down? Which again, we might see a couple shut, shut, you know, shut down. But what's just what's your feeling? What, what's your temperature on the whole thing? it's this is a natural progression of, of a race season really a race teams and, and and racing in general people come people teams come teams go i mean there's not that not that many ever that last uh, for forever i mean it, it's just especially on a national level it's it's tough i mean you look at how much spencer hughes won this year lucas also he's one hundred seventeen thousand dollars uh compared i mean obviously you can't be you, you can't be ricky thornton over half a million just with the lucas oil series but so he's taken up a lot of the money uh but you it this is this sport is all every sport is performance based you know you don't keep going in other sports if you're not you're not going to stay in the nba if you're not performing you're not going to stay in the nfl if you're not performing um you you got to get the job done and, and 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 spencer unfortunately was they able to you know produce enough to keep going like if he he finished ninth in the points last year there's a few more drivers this year that came on and you were you were thinking hey he couldn't he maybe he shows progression he gets a little better but he's he's 12th now he's out of the you know so he was he, he didn't get better he didn't produce more uh you know contending races like a dalton wilson you saw him actually take another step forward he's seventh in points uh this year he didn't win a race but he's come much closer than uh than Spencer did. Um, I think one of the things here, though, is just it costs so much money to learn uh, in this sport. That's that's the tough one, and especially it's going to take a lot of money if you're if a driver has you know limited experience um, that Spencer had. He he's been racing for several years, but when he got the ride with uh, with PCC Motorsports owner Craig Sims, you know he he took over for Kyle Strickler back in like the spring of 2021. Um, had some good runs. He was showing some stuff there. They went onto the onto the Lucas Oil Series, and man, guess what? If you go onto the national tour, it's going to be tough. It's tough sledding, especially learning on the fly like that, and it's going to cost a lot of money to learn on the fly. Um, I mean, Mark Richards with Rocket Chassis House Car, he learned that with uh, with Josh Richards, his son, when he started at 17 years old, and those first few years. You know, you have to have a lot of, uh, you need a lot of uh, a cushion there financially to, to be able to, to absorb it as a team owner uh, until this, until this driver is able to, to really take a turn, a, turn the corner and, and start making some money. And that's probably not, that's what I see just, 
you know, I mean, Craig Sims probably reached the point where um, he couldn't go on. I mean, he had a tough start early, you know, when he had Kyle Stricker, they, you know, they had some flashes early back, a, you know, three years ago. And then they, they switched over. He, he spent a lot of money just switching over all the cars to Longhorn from Rocket back then. And, and then they split up and then they got, so, I mean, it, there's, he hasn't had that super, uh, you know, success that would, you know, keep you going unless you got so much money that you don't care, I guess. Right. What's just your thoughts on it, Kyle McFadden? I think in this case, maybe, you know, he's an up and comer just starting that you just don't go on the national tour and maybe just race regionally, get more comfortable behind the seat before you make that jump. We've seen it plenty of times throughout the years where guys go on the national tour and just, it doesn't cut out very well for him. But is this a, should we hit the panic button yet? Or do we have the panic button next to us? We're just looking at it. Or what do you think? Yeah, I think, well, it's interesting. It's like if he would have finished, so he's 12th in points right now. And yeah, I mean, like outside the points, nine top fives and 79 races. I mean, you have to start there before anything else, you know, numbers. If there's any numbers that we should be looking at, it's, it's, it's that statistic. Um, and it's just like, you know, it's not a knock on Spencer. It's just, it's just the, the, the reality, right? I mean, if you're not producing, if you're not finishing up toward the front, if you're not in the top five, we all know it, you know, in order to make money in this sport, you got to be in the top five. And so pretty much everything from eighth on back, 10th on back doesn't, doesn't pay a whole lot. Right. And so, um, and yeah, I mean, I get it. Like we've talked about it a number of times on this show. Robert's made great points. Everybody's made great points about it. Yes. You know, payouts need to be a little beefier on down the, on down the order, right. To take some off the top of the top of the, uh, you know, purses and to evenly dis- distribute it on down the on down the running order. But, you know, that's not what we're talking about here in this case. It's that, you know, um, what I was going to say was, was that obviously the additions of Jonathan Davenport and Brandon Overton and even Max Blair, right, didn't help, you know, Spencer uses his case in terms of where he's going to finish in the points of this year, not making an excuse. It's just tougher. Right. And so like Spencer finished ninth last year in the points, he's 12th. Now, you know, you take out those three names that I had just mentioned and he's ninth again, in the points, but then you look at a guy like Dalton Wilson and you know, the tougher competition on a nightly basis on the Lucas soil tour, at least hasn't slowed him down. I mean, he's seventh in the points right now, and you take out JD and Brandon Overton, and if it was the same driver roster as last year, he'd be fifth in the points, which is would be a huge deal for that race team. So, I mean, obviously Dalton Wilson's progressed, right? So then you look at what have they done to progress, and I think Kevin mentioned it, you look back to the year before, and so like Dalton Wilson – and, um, you know, that Jason Ratliff team, I mean, they hit the regional tour hard um, or the regional scene hard for a year. And so, and even though, you know, they didn't go into their rookie season last year on the Lucas Oil Tour in great shape, in the greatest of shape, um, you know, 
they still had a plan and they still had a foundation, so to speak. And so like, I'm not inside the race, any race team. I don't have obviously all the knowledge in the world to be talking about this, but in, in terms of building a foundation, you know, you have to start there. And so, um, and yeah, I mean, that's, that's up for the race team and, you know, for the driver to discern if they're ready to go out on the national tour. A lot of these drivers, as we know, they only get one shot, right? Um, you know, and if you're lucky, at least one shot. And if you're fortunate, you know, you, you, you can get a second, but, um, as far as like the panic button and, and as, you know, costs go, Robert can probably can definitely speak to this better than I can, but, um, do we have a rising cost issue in the sport? Yes. I mean, this is not news to anybody, but also too, you have to perform. It's not like this is like a Jonathan Davenport or like a bigger name star who is struggling to keep their team out on the road. No, I mean, this is a, a team that is still progressing that maybe never found their bearings. You know, I mean, this is, um, yeah. No, I'm not going to push the panic button on it yet. Do conversations need to be had? Sure, but it starts with performance, and performance hadn't been there, you know, plain and simple. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if you put the numbers out, he's only making $2,200 per event. He's only had $117,000 total on the Lucas Oil Series. So, okay, let's just say Magical World, we raise the purse and they each get an extra $1,000. Okay, he's still going to be at like what one sixty seven. That's still not going to be enough to you know support that team, Robert Holman. Yeah, with the prices going on now, so I, I'm kind of agreeing with like Kyle. Like it is definitely performance base. Performance base. Now, if it was like JD who's won in like three hundred and fifty thousand or higher, or four hundred thousand, then okay, we might want to say this is not going to be good. But a guy that's running mediocre twelfth at a point standings, we can't just be like, oh well, you know, it's too much for the car owner. Well, yeah, because he's not performing well. Well, you you also have to take into account that 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 car owner is, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but that car owner is the team's primary sponsor. Right. So that has a lot to do with it. If you have another sponsor that can, you know, absorb a majority of that cost, then in the you know they maybe keep on going. But like um like kyle alluded to if you're not running in the top five in this sport and, and the thing is it's at any level it's at the level that i was at you know i went I, I went and ran with my brother the topless outlaws race at duck river the other night and you know no offense to those guys but the payoff is terrible you know it's just it was from 10th or 11th place on back was 300 dollars. from 10th or 11th was the exact same money you know and so that's just that's just not good when you know i've seen drivers ask for 10 percent of say the race saturday night at duck river paid four thousand to win 10 percent of that to start would be 400 when that would have helped a little team an extra hundred dollars would help a little team like me so then you magnify that times a team that's out there digging every week with employees with a driver to sustain with you know with with crew members to sustain with fuel huge fuel costs to sustain and truck payments to sustain it makes a huge difference when you're not running in the top five on a regular basis okay so i think that what we saw on social media 
was just a knee-jerk reaction to a team potentially shutting down. And that's going to happen, like Kevin said, it's going to happen. It's just the normal ebb and flow of the sport. Teams come, teams go. And so I don't think that we're nowhere near panic button here on this deal. Think about, I I look back at the top 10 power rankings from 10 years ago. 10 years ago, Daryl Lanigan, Josh Richards, John Blankenship, Steve Francis. Those four, four of those guys were in the top five. Okay, two of them have retired straight up. Two of them have just gone. They're gone because basically the sport costs too much. Now, people say, well, the sport needs to be fixed. Well, maybe it does, but if you look at it, those guys have actually been replaced by other guys. It's not like they left a huge void in our sport. They were they were replaced by other teams, by other racers, which, again, is the ebb and flow of our sport. Don O'Neill, Clint Boyer Racing, gone. You know, Greg Satterley, Rick Eckert, gone back to regional racing. It happens. Now, do we like it? Would we like to see a would we like to see a national tour with 15 to 20 regulars? Yeah, but even during speed weeks, when we looked at this deal, we kind of looked around the room and thought, this is not sustainable. The purses are not good enough at the bottom to sustain this kind of all-out effort by this many teams. The national tour is difficult. The national tour is is very is very grueling, and if you're not all in like a, a Brent Larson or a Dennis Herb Jr., if you're not all in, then it, it won't work long term. So you know there are six drivers out of the top fourteen in the Lucas Oil Series that don't have a win. You know it's tough out there when you're not winning. What you got, Kevin? And I'll come back to I, you. I would just yeah, I was gonna go right to that, like you said about the win how it can't be sustained a series with like 15, 20 guys. It's tough. There one th- it's not just the money. I think this is just a mental thing too. There's not enough wins to go around. Like, like you just mentioned how many guys don't even have a win. Um, it, it's one thing is like Spencer Hughes and this team is out there, uh, you know, running They're They, they're feeling like, Hey, we were, you know, we're, we're getting somewhere where we're doing this for experience to, to go down the road. But, mentally still you want to have some success it, it doesn't it's like you can't just be like well if we get more money for 20th place uh we'll be satisfied i mean i think those guys if you don't want to just be out there running for 20th if you're putting all this into it to go all over the country you want to be contenders you want to be up there at least have some you know bru- you know like flashes that you're that you're getting somewhere and, and you, yeah it makes you feel good and I know there was a lot of times this year, you know, Spencer just had some you know, bad luck in some spots. He just struggled, you know, and then it, it, it compounds it, you know, like you, it, these drivers, uh, you know, the teams that uh, everybody gets down. If you, if you get, you, you start going in a bad way and it, it just, it, it's hard to get out of it. And it just, it's just no, why, why be out there? Why it's not fun for the owner. It's not fun for the team, not fun for the driver. And, and that plays a lot into it too. When, you know, like if you don't get that, there, there, there's not enough. I mean, I've all, I've heard people say like, well, there should be like a, you know, one national tour, you know, like 24 stars, you know, and that's not happening because again, that's all you have all those stars. That's a lot of guys that are used to winning races and 
and and that's kind of why I think NASCAR isn't all that great because it's like a, you got a bunch. It's supposed to be all the twenty, you know, forty stars out there, but they're not all used to winning races. So those guys, there's plenty of those guys that are they're satisfied running twentieth, you know, or whatever. Not these late model guys, you know. You're not going to be happy when you're not running up front. Well, okay, so on a smaller scale than that, we we go mm-hmm. to Duck River Saturday night. We finish sixteenth. We get 300 bucks. You know, it's a 25 car field. It's one of the better fields, I guess. It's just an average field of regional racers, but it's it's one of the better fields we've ran against this year. I would have much rather gone to Clarksville and raced against a five car field and won 300 bucks to win the race. It is mental, you know, same mm-hmm. amount of money, but you come home with a trophy sticker, what your picture taken, whatever. You say you want to race it's it's this it is mental you do want to have that success to make it look like you to make you feel like you're making progress and sometimes when like you said you're beating your head against the wall and it, it's that's one reason we kind of quit racing at duck river some this year because we weren't had we were a top five top six top seven car because we're running a crate motor in a limited late model class I wish we could run against all crates all the time, you know, but I I wasn't feeling like we were enjoying as our night as much. I wasn't feeling like we were, had a chance to win a race. So why keep going there when you can, you know, yeah, we had to drive an extra hour and a half, but at least when we lined up there with our crate motor, we felt like we were lining up against like likewise cars and we felt like we could win. So, so yeah. And, and I, I'll finish my comment here on this with going back to that 2013 uh, power rankings poll. Guess who were, guess what two drivers were not in those power rankings at all? Jonathan Davenport and Mike Marler. So 10 years ago. So, so there's hope. I don't think that we're at the end of the world. Now, don't get me off on a tangent about how the sport needs to, be dialed back in terms of finances because that's a whole that's two more shows but if you look at it jd mikey not even in the top 10 so i mean not even in the top 25 10 years ago so who knows who's on the outside looking in from you know 10 years down the road or five years down the road who's going to break out and be a star in this sport that that we're not even focused on right now could it you know could it be a dalton wilson could it be a Corey hedgecock could it be any of these guys who have shown flashes of of you know the ability that it takes but just aren't there yet so again i go back to the ebb and flow of the sport and that's kind of where we're at right now these things are going to come they're going to go uh who knows where it's gonna where it's gonna you know come from next i mean 10 years ago i don't think i'd even ever heard of uh um lance landers so you never know where these people are going to come from yeah i'll be very interesting to see as we head towards silly season unfortunate for uh spencer hughes with uh losing his ride going into the next season hopefully the young driver has plenty of talent can get back up on his feet and get a race car and you know go back out to wheeling uh but I think, you know, I don't think we have to hit the panic button just yet. Everybody just needs to take a step back, just a knee-jerk reaction, like Robert Holman said. Uh, I'll start off with one more thing. Um, I got to congratulate Wiley Moran. 
got married on Sunday to his beautiful wife, mm-hmm. Jordan Moriarty. Of course, back in like 2014, we started the hashtag get Wiley a girlfriend. End up working. Proud of that guy. Uh, you know, started his own detail business. You'll see him at the racetrack every so often. But just congrats to Wiley Moran. A thing, a thing we never thought was going to happen. Him getting a lady, let alone <laughs> getting married. So just wanted to give uh, congrats to him and his wife, Jordan, on a great uh, wedding on Sunday. I think it was at the Moran farm, too, which is pretty cool. So congrats to those two. Uh, Kyle, what do you got? Yeah, when we're talking about possible next drivers who are up and coming, and winning races on the regional level, how about Ethan Dotson, you know, picking up that $9,700 payday at Talladega Short Track in his first weekend with with the Colton Farms team. So definitely a high riser and a uh, stock is rising very rapidly there for for uh, Mr. Dotson and that Colton Farms team. So, yeah. Call back what do you got. Well, let's uh, just touch on Ricky Thornton Jr. there real quick with his win at a $30,000 win and $12,000 win at Raceway 7. That's 31 wins now for him total this season. And that put him, and Saturday's uh, Pittsburgher puts him over $900,000 in uh, earnings this season. I think he's right around 920 now or something, right around that so area. So guaranteed, which means guaranteed to get a million. He's going to be a million dollar. Yes, he's going to have a million dollar. He's a million dollar season. Even if he finishes, all he has to do is finish fourth. Even if he finishes the worst he can in the uh, the dirt track there for a dirt track world championship for the who gets a hundred thousand dollars in points money um, for for that. So he will go over uh, one million dollars and be the what the fourth driver, uh, third driver now to go over one million. And of course, Bobby Pierce is right on the you know he's on his way there too. So it'll be two of them this year, uh, most likely. And uh, pre- pretty impressive, uh, pretty impressive season, obviously, when you can get that. Ricky just would like to be able to say that he wants to just win enough money in his remaining races to say he won a million without the point fund money, too. But he's going to go. I mean, geez, you get the point fund. He's got three. He, he can get point fund checks from also from Flow, from the Castrol series and XR. So, I mean, we're talking 1.2 million, 1.3 million. I mean, it's, it's, it, it, he's, he's going to come out. Uh, you know, blasting by the million dollar mark. Hey, show me the money, Ricky Thornton Jr. Uh, <laughs> making it look easy here the last few weeks. Uh, he just continues to win along with Bobby. He might get to a million dollars too. He's uh, he's doing pretty good as well. Uh, Robert Holman, finish this off, Big Daddy. Uh, yes, sir. I wanted to kind of reiterate how a, a point that I've made a couple times before. I think that how important the draw is at the beginning of the night people always make a lot and get bent out of shape when there's a redraw and i'm not necessarily talking about an invert here but when there's a redraw or some kind or or just drawing for position to start a race having a pill draw rather than qualifying i just want people like i don't want to draw for that you know you never know what you're going to get well i want to reiterate that when you draw for a qualifying spot it's the same. There's not much difference. It's fate about, you know, you're, you're putting your fate in the hands of the computer or the, or the, you know, the chips or whatever. And I say this because it happened to us uh, just Saturday at Duck river. There are 25 cars wound up signing in 13 in the first group, 12 in the second group. Granted, I didn't expect big things for us to go over there and run with our crate motor, but 
we drew into the first group. We drew the third car to go out to qualify. We Out of the 13 cars, we qualified 13th, which is terrible. Well, had we been in the second group, we would have qualified like ninth, I think, which had they locked in eight and eight, that would have put us on the front row of a Concy. Instead, they didn't run Concy's, but had they run Concy's, we would have started on the last row of a Concy. That is a big difference starting on the last row of the consolation race versus the first row of the consolation race. Now, I went over there thinking if they started 24 cars with 25, we only have to outrun one bad car. So I wasn't really concerned about making the race per se, but it's a whole lot easier, any driver will tell you, when you start on the front row of your Concy versus the last row of your Concy. And if you can stay there throughout a eight or 10 lap B main, then you've clicked off six or seven cars right there that you don't have to pass in the feature. So people get bent out of shape about draws and they somehow forget that when you come through the gate on most nights, you draw. What I don't understand, a draw is a draw, whether it happens at 5 p.m. or 8 p.m., it can determine how your night goes. So don't think that a draw in the middle of the night is the determining factor of your night. Any draw throughout the night can determine your night. So I just wish people would not get bent out of shape because trust me, I was I was pissed. I was like, man, I wish we'd been in this group because look how bad group two was not to take anything away from them. Skip Arp, a Hall of Famer, was in that group, in the second group. But still, if you look at it from top to bottom, the second group kind of sucked. And God knows, I wish we had been in that group as opposed to the first. So the draw, the draw can affect your night no matter when it happens. I just wanted to throw that out there as my my one last thing this week because it's just kind of a pet peeve of mine when people get all bent out of shape about a draw. Yeah, I mean, everybody, take a step back. I understand, Robert, your frustration. You know, that's part of racing. Like, I saw a stat that, I don't know. It's just just one of those quirky things we do in racing, I guess, right? <laughs> Hey, Ricky Thornton was last car out at Pittsburgh in time trials at the end, fast time. Look at that. That's how good he oh, is this year, I guess. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, he was like literally the would last have, car would out. He have been, well, thing is, would he have been fast time if he had been the first car out? You know, it makes a difference where you draw. Yeah. And he may have been because he's that good right now. But it does make a mm -hmm. difference where right. you draw. And it doesn't matter if it's first or last. Somehow it, it affects your night. Right. Right, right. Well, uh, regardless, Ricky Thornton Jr. is pretty damn good, Kovac. So I think he could start. Uh, he can draw first or last. He's always going to be contending for the win. Um, this weekend, we got World of Vala action at Atomic. Lucas Oil Series is off. We'll have other regional races as Atomic. well. Atomic, Derek, hold on a second. One second. Atomic. Oh, Atomic. No. Brownstown no, we got to move it up here. Yeah. Brownstown and Fairbury. Hashtag Oh my I don't know gosh. how I feel about I don't know how I feel about racing in October at Fairbury. We should be done on Labor Day. You know, that's what we've done my entire <laughs> oh, life. So I'm trying to get my internal clock all, you know, fixed up and straight up. Go. But regardless, it's gonna be a great weekend. We'll have great stories, we'll have great uh highlights as well. So be sure to keep your browsers locked in to dirtondirt.com and flow racing. Until next time, this is the Dirt Reporters. Thank you for watching and listening. <laughs>